0: Welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Dax, and joining us, we have Games Editor Mark Kalaroff. Cameron, are you looking way forward to this? Uh, wow, that, that is a stolen joke from <laughs> Campbell. Uh, <laughs> uh, also with us, our, our Indie Games Editor, Campbell Gill. You know what, I think
1: that the three of us podcasting together is as natural of a companion as a pair as spiders and dinosaurs.
0: So you it, you know, it was a long walk to get there, but it was, it was worth it, it. I
1: was desperately trying there, all right? You know, Mark already we got there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I already took it. I already uh, took also it. joining us, a very special guest, a director at Wave Forward, Tom Hewlett. Tom, say hello. Uh, hey, I didn't know I'd have to have a funny intro, so I'm screwed. No. I, got, I got nothing. <laughs> you guys no, took you the this ones. <laughs> you nailed it. You're good. You're totally good. Tom, how the heck are you? It's, it's so. Thank you so much for for coming on the show. Oh yeah, thanks so much. It's hot, but I'm otherwise I'm doing great. You see, I'm sweating like a pig over here myself. Um, <laughs> but that, that, this is not a weather podcast. This is a video games podcast. Um, so Tom, you're a director over uh, Way Forward. We love you guys. Uh, hit after hit, all kinds of great games coming out, uh, especially this summer. We wanted to talk about a game that was released uh, uh, somewhat recently, uh, re-released somewhat recently. I should, we should say um, for the for the Switch and for consoles. Uh Spider Sores, a fantastic shoot 'em up. Uh Campbell's written a, a fantastic list of questions for us to get to. Uh Campbell, I'm just gonna turn it over to you unless there's anything else uh, we want to actually let's do this. Hold on. Sorry, I'm talking really fast. I'm literally drinking my third cup of coffee of the day. It's six <laughs> o'clock PM. I should I should stop, but I can't. Uh <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get to this a little bit um, with the interview questions, Tom. But I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself a little bit. Maybe talk a little bit about like what you do. Like, what's your what's your job? Like, you know, anything you want to ta- uh, kind of give a little context for, for this interview.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, well, as a director, I sort of uh, depending on the stage of a project, I, I'm either you know pitching it, pitching a new idea, or designing a game, writing some documentation, or guiding the team, or uh, playing the game a whole lot. And giving feedback, so it's polished and cool. Um, I came to WayForward uh, almost ten years ago, but I'd worked oh, with wow. them previously. Uh, I was at Konami, and I hired them to do Contra Four. And uh, nice. you know that's a that's a running gun. Uh, people might know that. <laughs> some <laughs> Con- of us. Contra, a little known, a little known uh, genre title. Yeah, a um, little, little indie title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I came t- uh, ten years ago. I worked on some Adventure Time games um Ooh. i worked on a goosebumps game a turtles game uh mummy demastered which again is crossing oh, into our yeah. shooter our shooter zone and then uh most recently besides Spider Source, i've been working on bloodstained with uh, Artplay and koji garashi oh wow oh, yeah. did know that. Uh, great doing game. their dlc content um and then uh, yeah and then spider source which is great um it's a good a good return to form uh, from contra 4 and it was exciting to be on this side of things
0: That's why I welcome. Welcome back uh, to to this side of things, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Campbell, why don't you why don't you dive in?
1: Absolutely. So, Tom, I'm going to hit you with a few questions at once. Firstly, why spiders? Why dinosaurs? Why guitars? In other words, what's spider soar is all about and where the heck did that initial idea come from in the first place?
2: Well, this is this is an easy question as, as I was told to do that. Um, no way. <laughs> our uh, our our creative director at WayForward, uh, Matt Bozon, who you, you guys I'm sure know, uh, created Shantae a and has uh, done a lot of our a lot of our original titles. Um, he he you know he'd been talking uh, with us internally as well as with Apple for Apple Arcade um, that we wanted to kind of return to the run and gun genre. And do some something fun that that uh, two players could play together. You know, dads could play with sons, moms could play with daughters, whatever. And uh, but dads and
0: daughters it. never, absolutely never.
2: Not. No, I mean never. I I'll allow it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Once you cross <laughs> spiders case. and dinosaurs, it's all on the table. Um, <laughs> no but uh, but he he really thought a good way to to bring back the 80s uh, gameplay-wise was to sort of dive into 80s cartoon shows. Um, Mm. specifically the kind that was was engineered to sell action figures and cereal so um, yeah (laughs) so you know uh, mutants were all the rage back then you might say and so you know he he came up with this uh, spider dinosaur hybrid and for people who don't know um if 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 it's not obvious um they were they were spliced together to solve the world health crisis of the future because yeah um, Mm -hmm. you know uh Drumstick, you know, video games—you gotta eat a drumstick. That's like yep. the number one food in a game. And uh, spiders have eight of them, so eight drumsticks. But spiders are small, so how do you make a bigger? Dinosaurs, and so that's where that came from. And then, yeah, this all tracks. The yeah. guitars—I mean, f- a guitar gun. I mean, what else are you gonna fight a spider sword with, really?
0: So that, you know,
1: you raise an excellent yeah. point. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, th- to me,
0: this is all like, yeah, this is like A, B, C. Like I get it. Like it all, it all right. tracks. Yeah, this it follows. Down. Yeah. That all
1: makes perfect sense to me, absolutely. So, you know, kind of going into that a little bit, a little bit further, talking about the cartoons that inspired it. You know, it, it's going to be a big cliche to say it, but Spider-Sores, when you're playing it, really does look like a playable Saturday morning cartoon. It's just a beautiful looking game, and this is, however, like a bit of a a marked departure from other running gun games out there. You know, you talked about Contra earlier. That's not exactly you know the bright and colorful, happy cartoon vibes so that you kind of have going on with Spider at time. Uh, so, can you talk a little bit more about the decision to settle on this graphical style for Spidey
2: um, I mean, really, once once we decided that, like Saturday, like you said, um, thanks for recognizing that. I'm glad it came across. Uh, Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons was kind of our goal. Um, I mean, we'd actually been working on a lot of different art techniques that way forward with the um, ever since the Shantae Kickstarter. Um, and various other games that we've been working on. Um, we had a, an in-house artist, Sean Healy, who, you know, this is kind of his style as well, like an anime, cartoony, just a cool, it's a cool vibe. It fit Ray it fit Forward really well, so we were really excited to show that off in like a new a new title um, where, you know, we could kind of grow it from the ground up. And so it was really a good, I don't know, it was a good pairing of, here's here's the goal of the project, Saturday Morning Cartoons, and then here's all these different techniques we'd found uh, to sort of use 3D and 2D. Um, and there's a program called um, Spine, which lets you rig a 2D image as if it were a 3D model. So Whoa, okay. um, you, you see that a lot. A lot of indie games use that. It looks kind of puppety, huh. um, uh, not not in a derogatory way, but if you see you know sort of a 2D thing, that kind of moves like a puppet, it's probably using Spine. Yeah. And so we had kind of gotten people that were really good at it that it wouldn't look puppety. <laughs> and so we could kind of combine hand-drawn, uh, like traditional animation frames, like you're uh, you know, dating back to Aladdin and Earthworm Jim, uh, that sort of thing, but you know, high-res and cool. And then Spine, where appropriate, and, and Spine worked really well for the bosses because if you think about the old 16-bit you know, Gunstar Heroes Contra, those bosses were using sprites kind of stuck together in a puppety way so right. that let us use like instead of instead of uh orbs or whatever we could use like hand drawn pieces that look really you know high res and really detailed but they're strung together so they feel like the old shooter bosses so it was just a really great uh joining of technique and idea and um just it allowed it to be a really colorful a colorful shooter which lets it stand out. So you've got your Cuphead's doing your classic uh, 20s, 20s American cartoon
0: right, look, right? Yeah, which the, the, is, f- which is the Fleischer style. Yeah.
2: Amazing, obviously. And then you got Spider-Soros doing like the late 80s, early 90s look. And I, you know, it's just a fun.
0: A fu- it's fun to bring colors to shooters. <laughs> <laughs> what Absolutely. a freaking co- listen! As as someone who, as a child of the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I just, like, instantly was identifying, uh, not identify. I identified with, with Spider Source, uh, but just, <laughs> like, it, like, resonated with me. Like, from, from the, Nick Campbell, not to get too off topic here, um, but I, I do want to derail this conversation a little bit to talk about the theme song, oh, which yeah. just is the best thing ever. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. so we, so just cause, like, like, you think about, you know, you think about, sh- Again, the my other co-hosts are a little a little younger than than myself, um, and perhaps we're not aware of the glory the glory days of the the Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, I grew up with C- Cameron. Cameron. Uh, yeah, yeah I'm really, it yeah, was I'm, like, every, I'm, saying I'm saying they're different. The the I'm saying they're different. y'all. I'm simply saying they were different. That's all I'm saying. Tom, back me up here. Saturday morning cartoons are different now. They were uh, more special for us. I don't know. They were more special. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Our you, kids your, are more you kids and your iPhones. For us, so. yeah. uh, but the point is, the theme song, um, it, it was like, did it just like spring fully formed from like, you looked at some, con- they looked at some concept, concept art and were like, this is what we got. Or was it like something y'all worked on for a while? Like, I, I'm just I'm curious about the, the journey uh, to to that. I know Campbell is our, our resident musician on the podcast. So maybe maybe you can ask some some more trenchant uh, questions. But I'm just, just curious about how that came to be.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, we decided on the Saturday morning thing, and uh, yeah. uh, me and Matt on both kind of intuited you can't have Saturday morning without a without a rad theme song. You just, that's how it's got to it be, be rad. It's got to be rad. Yeah. And so um, he kind of he kind of ran with it. That was kind of his baby, making sure that was perfect. Uh, but what we you know when we were discussing it early on, what we both agreed on is it had to be from the very specific era where you would have a narrator guy telling you the plot of <laughs> of the show yeah um it has to have that it could be at the beginning it could be in the middle um but it had to have that specific sound and we actually got um a voice actor i've worked with many times before who was like the perfect who could do the perfect perfect narrator voice uh, which was my contribution was getting that narration sounding right and uh nice i, I think done. it that all came together and i'm you know <laughs> I mean, it's so good, right? <laughs> I can it's say that because so I didn't. No, it's you know, amazing. Matt, Matt did it. Matt got it put together,
0: so I can say it's great. <laughs> yeah. No. I, listen, if you, if your job was to to get the narration sounding correct, you absolutely nailed it. Nicely done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's, it's it's up and, and it's interesting. It ties ties in nicely with uh with another uh, way forward. Again, again, I'm not try to get off topic here, but it ties in nicely with like I I was reminded of the, the River City Girls. Uh, theme song as well which was also very delightful yeah, and, the, uh, and
1: even the Shantae uh, theme song too for Seven Sirens like that opening yeah. was amazing too it, I'm sensing a theme here that uh, forward has simply mastered the art of opening movies I think um,
2: <laughs> it's one of it's one of our priorities and I'll, and I'll brag I've heard all the songs for well all the, the intro songs for, for River City Girls 2 already so oh look forward to that guys they're great so that is a brag <laughs> that, that, is, that a brag. is a brag <laughs> okay That's so it's officially
1: confirmed Tom is cooler than all of us on the show <laughs> well, I mean, no, we, that we wasn't the that. point. Oh, <laughs> we knew no. that going in. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> we knew that going in.
0: Uh, Campbell, I think, I think that actually ties in nicely with your with your next question you want to take it oh, away. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. But before we get to that, actually, uh, talking about the music and the opening, also just the opening animation was amazing, too. And seeing that the animation was provided by Powerhouse Animation, too, like, that is Really cool. Uh, I get, did just kind of want to ask about the process of working with them and putting together that opening movie as well. Like taking the art styles that you had developed at way forward, working with another team to put that together. Was it just more of the Saturday morning vibes? Uh, ideas going into that, uh, animating that. What was that like?
2: I got it. You guys are asking me the easy ones up front. So that was all <laughs> Matt Bozon, too. His his his, his training Damn. is in his training is in uh, animation, oh, and okay. so I'm sure it was a great a great moment for him to get to work on that. And then his wife uh, also worked on it and she's, she's an animator. She worked on Futurama in the past and things like that. So um, they were kind of the, the ones that knew animation. And so they took over that part of it, but that, that just, again, I get to, I got to approach it as a fan and be like, I know there's an intro. I've heard the song. Like, like when's it come? When do I get to see it? So I I did get (laughs) to see it spring fully formed into the game. And I was like, Oh man, that's, (laughs) it is perfect. So, um I'm I'm right there with you guys with how cool it was. It was a a really great great moment. It wasn't as a, as surprising for me because obviously I I was working on the game and of course, yeah. You guys just turned on the internet one day and saw WayForward and say, "Hey, check out this video." But um <laughs>
0: that, that is know, what we like, did, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly
1: what I did. I just went on Google Chrome and then immediately before I could even like, type anything in, it was like, "Look at WayForward." And I was like, "Well, this is probably a virus, but I don't care. This is amazing." So <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, um, moving on from all the coolness of the aesthetics, how about we talk about the coolness of the story with spider for a bit? Because going into the game, you know, I knew about the, the cartoony vibes. I wasn't really expecting the amount of, I would say, satire that was going mm-hmm, into the narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, the story was a bit more involved than you would typically find with, like, a run-and-gun game, right? Like you were alluding to earlier, the spider sores are being manufactured to be food sources. And then even in the, the first, like, opening story moments of the game kind of poking fun at corporations that are putting together you know <laughs> these products that are also destroying the world at the same time so i was wondering if you could talk about uh what it was like to put together the story why go for this approach and and put together this kind of satirical story along with a and gun
2: sure um so uh before before way forward in konami i worked at atlas doing localization mm-hmm. and so you know I, I care a great deal about story and, and getting a the right vibe um but at way forward i've always been working on licensed games so my writing has to be tuned to you know sound like adventure time or sound like uh, rl stein writing the goosebumps book or you know things mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. um and so this was finally you know exciting to work on like a, an original way forward ip for one and kind of getting to des- decide the feel of it but writing it really um Took me back to my Atlas days, and Atlas had kind of a, has kind of a, I don't know what you'd call it. <laughs> uh, it's a cool vibe. It's fun. And, uh, yeah,
0: I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. any, uh, can you, can you talk about anything you worked on at Atlas? I, we're, we're all huge Atlas fans on oh, this, on this, anything, software, yes. everything Atlas. <laughs> between,
2: between, uh, from RoboPon Two and River City Ransom EX, I was I was localizing most things until um, Persona Three was my last. Like I didn't, fit, I I worked on it and then I left before it came out. Did so you just like, say oh,
0: RoboPon Two? I did. W- oh, what a reference! Oh my, I was I was just <laughs> yeah. telling these boys. I was just You're telling these just boys about RoboPon. Yeah. Last For like a week ago. Coromon. That's yeah. hysterical. Yeah, I, I guess <laughs> wow. I guess
2: the 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 highlights would be, and again I'll I'll say you can probably see the. link if you read if you if you play spider stories you can kind of see the connections but to uh phantom brave the trauma center games contact and steambot chronicles those are probably the big ones that i worked on
0: oh awesome so that's a a Um, nice that's a nice spread in
3: other words tom you're working on all the good stuff and everything
2: you love (laughs) if people if people have one (laughs) takeaway again (laughs) but uh, really cool yeah but yeah it was good to sink back into that vibe like it 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 came back really fast, actually. I was like, "Oh, this sounds like my Atlas writing." Um, so that was fun, but uh, but I really tried to think about. So this is this is the near future, and uh, there's a global food crisis, and there's this corporation. So how would people act, and what would they be like? And I felt like they'd be a, be a little detached. Um, hmm. they'd kind of be a little bit self absorbed, but I, you know, in a likable way. So like Victoria, is she's a She's trying to become a, a musician, so, she, you oh. know, she cares about money because she needs to buy expensive musical things, um, but not in, like, a, a bratty way you'd dislike her. It's like, oh, yeah, we got, we, we would understand this. Like, I have my yeah. my hobbies, and I, I needed mm-hmm. jobs to pay the, that money to, to be in my hobby growing up, you know? Um, and Adrian's very serious. He's, he's trying to become a police officer, and, and but he has to take odd jobs, so he's like a pizza delivery guy, and it's kind of implied he has a million other jobs he's doing. Hmm. So that was a good thing. And then just the the, the oblivious corporation that th- feels like they're well... Like, they think they're well-meaning, but they're clearly just kind of yeah.
0: incompetent or awful. Was, was Injun uh, <laughs> a reference to... Uh, or InGest, I should say. Was, was that a reference to, uh, to to Jurassic Park, to Injun?
2: What? I don't... I don't know what you what I mean (laughs) Jurassic wait wait hold on hold on wait a second okay let's dive in let me look Jurassic Park is totally different it's got a corporation yeah that has its own sense of ethics that's bringing dinosaurs back ingest is a totally different corporation which has its own ethics which creates spider sores it's totally Uh, so I my mistake I'm so sorry yes but I and I do need to point out when I wrote this game it was it was 2019 and, nope. and maybe it didn't feel as pertinent as it might now when people <laughs> play it today. The
1: idea of monstrosities coming out of the lab somewhere. Glo- um. global
2: global crisis. What's that even <laughs> mean? <laughs> people detached people. I I don't know. Couldn't yeah. couldn't happen. Impossible. Couldn't happen. Yeah. So to- we are yeah.
1: also finding out that you were a prophet as well. Is what I'm getting
2: at. <laughs> I learned yeah. it from watching Kojima. <laughs>
0: oh my god! Oh my the god! Konami years
3: it, kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> the the
0: the, pr, the prescience of of Death Stranding just becomes more and more obvious every day. It's extremely <laughs> it's extremely upsetting. It's like uh, oh boy. Um, oh yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, anyway, sorry. Yeah. now, now I'm just getting now i'm just thinking about the world that we live in sorry Campbell, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. go ahead. sorry go ahead I Campbell, t- Go ahead. talking
1: about this cartoony game about dinosaurs and spiders yeah it makes you think about the state of the universe as it is now lovely stuff i feel hopeless but one thing that isn't <laughs> hopeless is that the monster designs in this game are really freaking cool like that's just one of the coolest things about spiders altogether. like when i was watching the trailer for the first time seeing like the i think it's the queen spider showing up as one of the first bosses like that's just mm-hmm. really cool i did want to ask if you had any like favorite characters or sores in the game any particularly uh, cool designs that you were excited about
2: um i mean the roach is the best character ever roach is amazing yes um he's a for people who don't know who haven't played the game yet he is a uh well he was a roach and he ate some of the meat in the lab and maybe maybe he evolved a high level of intelligence Um, maybe 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 not um but he's 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 the repeat mid-boss archetype Mm -hmm. and uh (laughs) that makes him the best but uh spider wise (laughs) um i like the ankylopoli who's a mid-boss in stage three he's Mm. a uh, ankylosaurus crossed with a with a roly-poly or a pill bug or a sow bug or whatever whatever your region calls them (laughs) uh and that's my favorite dinosaur (laughs) and my favorite bug so it was just a fun. That was like the first thing I was like, I gotta, I gotta find a way. Um, <laughs> but the rest of them, it was just a lot of fun. Again, working with Sean Healy, our internal artist, to be like, okay, I've got this idea. It's kind of like this dinosaur, and it's kind of like this spider. Go, <laughs> and then he just sketch out like some really crazy things, and then just picking out the coolest looking one, or you know, the one that made sense for gameplay. It was just, that was, uh, you know. I'm glad people liked that part of the game because it, it was one of the most fun parts of working on it. It was just like, let's think up some weird stuff. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was great. It's a great, um, again, Matt did us a favor by combining these wacky things together because it was just a, an endless, hmm. endless room for, for crazy ideas.
3: Absolutely. Question, Tom. It, was there a hmm. type or like a species of spider or dinosaur that you didn't get to use Like after the game came out that you were like, oh, we should have used that one?
2: Oh yeah. Oh well, there was one. There was one that that didn't quite make it into the game. Uh, I'll just say, uh, Dino Longlegs.
1: Oh god! Ooh, incredible. <laughs> that sounds horrifying and amazing at the same time. Can you yeah, describe well, Dino Longlegs to us?
2: I'm I, I'm not going to because I want him to be a surprise. People gotta, people gotta buy the game so we can maybe get a chance to <laughs> yeah. see what he's about. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> right,
0: okay, fair enough. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right yeah that's fun <laughs> that, that, that's amazing well
1: moving on from spiders and dinosaurs well we're not moving on from sp- spiders and dinosaurs we still got half the questions left but moving on from the designs of the spiders and dinosaurs going a little bit historic for this one here so spider originally launched on apple arcade way back in 2019 like we were talking about a few minutes ago mm-hmm. then it's been recently re-released on console including nintendo switch So there was a bit of time between the first release and then the console version. So what was it like to revisit the game for its console and PC re-release after all this time? Was it like, oh man, I'm revisiting this game. I want to change all these things. Did you make a lot of changes to it? Or was it just like tweaking it for the individual platforms? What was it like to come back to it?
2: Um, It was definitely interesting uh, to come back to it. And, And, you know, making a game is an interesting process. You... You have all these ideas. You work on the game. Obviously, there's factors like schedule and and budget, and bugs that come up, and all sorts of you know curveballs, and so then there's compromises, and then like like brilliant ideas when you don't have the resources you thought you had, and all these things, and that then the, then the game comes out, and then you you anyone on the team uh, has like oh my gosh I wish I did X Y or Z or or why didn't we do blocks it's so obvious now and then people play it and they have feedback and then usually i mean nowadays who knows but but usually <laughs> you can't go back and fix it so you're like oh maybe if there's a sequel we could do X, Y, Z. z so all that happened with Spider source and then it was like well there's going to be a console version eventually so what are the what's that going to be like what can we change and so then i had like all these different scenarios in my head like well you know, there's the there's the what I would do if, if we had an unlimited amount of money. <laughs> and <laughs> sure. then you know, fun. there's different degrees beyond from there and then we also had people play it and that hadn't played it or, you know, didn't work at the company then or, or whatever and sort of see what they thought and then and then we had all of our, you know, wish we'd gotten to X, Y, and Z. And so then when it came back and we kinda of discussed it as a company, like like how soon do we want this to come out? Um, how big is our team? What do we have time to do? Um we really settled on, well, A, the, there's a new final boss and a new final stage, and that was kind of my must-have. Like, well, you, we got to have this because we had some cool ideas and some cool animations, and this is like the must-have content. And then um, we really just settled on sort of uh, like refreshing the game balance, like looking at, okay, um, what what were difficult parts people got stuck on or... Things that didn't quite make sense. How do we how do we make those smoother and and just like better received? And then switched some bosses around. And then uh, we had our new difficulty modes, so that got you know some some balance tweaks overall. So really, it's just like the you could think of it like a director's cut sort of thing. Like, mm. hey, here's the best version of Spider Sores, and also you know there's this new new boss, new stage, and a new ending to go along with it. Um, you know, so if people played it originally, now they didn't get the full story. So you gotta you gotta check it out again, and then uh, people that didn't play it initially get know that like this is like the definitive edition of the, the game, the,
0: so. the most complete version of yep. of yep. Source the ultimate um, Source experience, right? There you go. the the, the, the definitive, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, that's awesome. Uh, I actually, I, I, you said re- refreshing the game's balance, and that uh, uh, lit up some nerve centers in my brain. Uh I would love to know more about like what it is like to calibrate the difficulty for for a game um like this. Like I, I it's it's an interesting game. It's uh I thought I found it pretty tough. Uh I played it on on medium uh and or or no, no what's the uh yeah, medium medium was the, the setting I played it on. <laughs> and uh, so I was because I, I remember they were, they were steak related so I was making sure that it was uh the right uh temperature. Uh I found it pretty tough. Some of those auto-scrolling sections are like, oh my god, these were tough stuff. But this game also has that thing of, of like, this is impossible. There's no way I can beat this. Why, what am I doing? And then like, the next, and then you do it again, and you can do it flawlessly. Like, what was it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like it's that classic arcade thing of like this. How do? How does anybody reasonably expected to do this? And then you knock it out at like first try. Uh, I would love to know a little bit more about like the pipeline of of creating that kind of uh, that kind of difficulty. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, there's lots of factors to consider,
2: um, and I kind of I kind of have my level designers approach it if you think about layers of paint or if, I don't know if that's, if it makes sense, but uh, um, so we, we focus on the uh, like the collision of the level first. So if mm. it's not, if it's not fun to just run through without enemies, it's not going to be fun with enemies. Uh, so we get all the, you know, the gameplay collision down and the bonus there is then art can kind of work on the environment art um, without worrying about too many changes. Sure. Um, and then we put in the enemies and the power-ups and all the different little variables. And that's what, a lot of the tweaking comes in, um, you know. You in a game like this, <clears throat> you really don't want the screen to feel empty too often. So it's like you know we have to have f- very frequent enemies coming in, but then it can't feel so overwhelming that no one can handle it. Yeah. Um, so that's a that's a concern. And then you know, when do power ups come in? When does when does it feel like uh, it's a nice breather? Here's some power ups, or when is it like? oh my gosh, if I can get through this this line of enemies, I can see that power-up flying by. i got to get to it. Um, and then, uh, you know, something, maybe we decide an enemy has too few or too many hit points, and then we change how that feels, and now we got to refactor everything, because now the enemy, wherever that enemy appears, it'll be a little different. So it's a constant cycle of just checking and rechecking and uh, tweaking, and so it was really good to come back after several years being off, because now... We all kind of had that experience of like, well, we don't have the muscle memory anymore for this stage. Is it too hard? <laughs> like, oh, like, wow. <laughs> like, like, how come I can't get through this? I, I made it or whatever. Um, right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and you know, you know, I've I've I worked on Contra Four, which is known to be not the easiest game, and uh, one of our level designers is like a, a alien hominid speedrunner. So he knows oh, wow. the genre really well, and so then we have to constantly be checking ourselves, like, okay, well, we can get through it, but, like,
0: like that, that <laughs> doesn't necessarily aver- mean can, anything. Can, yeah, can the average Joe? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Right, and so, you know, we, I mean, again, it, we re- refreshed all the balance and did the three difficulty levels, so hopefully, you know, this is a this is a good fit. But then once the game was released, I was watching my friend, uh, stream it, and she's beaten Contra Four on hard without dying a hundred times oh wow and so I was watching her play spider Source and she got stuck on this boss <laughs> it was oh. like 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 I don't have trouble with that boss why why is she stuck on that boss like like isn't it like what's going on and now when i I played that boss on a stream uh a week or so ago <laughs> it was so hard it was like yeah. what's going on <laughs> it's like tough. it was in my muscle memory and now it's gone because I watched my friend play it and now i now it's like cursed so oh, yeah you know it's it's so tricky it, that's you know, it it's one of the more fun parts if you really like playing games because you get to really dissect your own game and all the factors. But it's so tricky to get it right, uh, even if even if you think you got it right,
0: you know. So
2: yeah, that's a yeah, good. Yeah, well, I th-
0: I think overcoming uh, and again this is not not trying to to, to sure, uh, sure. De- denigrate the game or anything. Like I think overcoming the challenge is incredibly <laughs> satisfying. It's one one of the reasons I very much enjoyed uh, playing through this game. But I was there was definitely a couple sections where I was like this is crazy like what what is going on but uh, but but again getting through it is like oh actually I am very good like and that that feels you know you definitely nailed that that thing I don't know what you what you that je ne sais quoi that's that thing of like (laughs) when you overcome the really hard thing in a game and you're like I did it I'm awesome like that very very much is present in in spider sores I thought cool Uh, awesome so this is good stuff so far we're gonna take a quick break stay tuned for more questions with Tom we'll be back Earth. The not-so-distant future. Solar flares and overcrowding have destroyed the world's food supply. From her secret lab at Ingest Corp. bioengineering billionaire Erica Soares creates an incredible breed of eight-legged creatures with all the meat and muscle humanity needs to survive. But will we survive the spider soul? Created spiders! We're back. Uh, Campbell,
1: please continue. Alrighty, so Thomas there's one thing that we've established in the previous 30 minutes. It's that you've had a, a pretty interesting career pre-spider <laughs> You know, you've worked on it <laughs> as a director for Contra 4, for example, and talked about Atlas and all these other amazing experiences beforehand. But specifically, having worked on Contra 4 beforehand, going to Spider and making an all-new original running gun. How does it feel to have gone back from working on one of the most established running gun genres or games around to putting your own original spin on it? What was it like to have uh work on your own original IP in that in that genre?
2: Um it's really interesting because a lot, you know, you know, I have worked on a lot of licensed games and so I usually one of my part of my process is like okay, what did what did previous um, games in the series do, or what does what the, like, what Adventure Time, what does the cartoon do that would transfer over, and making sure that we are pleasing fans of that thing, or that it feels natural, or, you know, um, how could we make Mummy better, you know, whatever the case may be, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but here, like you said, starting over and, like, establishing an IP that's in a genre like this um, is really interesting, because when we did Contra 4, you know, I played, uh, the Wii had just come out and we started developing it and, and the Virtual Console had started and they thankfully they opened the Virtual Console with Contra 3 and Gunstar Heroes and a lot of great games like that. So they were at my fingertips and, and me and Simon Lai, who, who was my co-producer at Konami, played them and we, we were picking out like, okay, which of these things fit Contra? What, is, what feels Contra and what doesn't? And so here, making spider Swords, it's like, okay, well, I know I what know fits Contra um, and then I, you know, played Gunstar Heroes again, and, uh, Cuphead, which was new with, you know, that was a new, new thing on the scene. Mm-hmm. And then, um, stuff I hadn't really dived into, like Metal Slug. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like, okay, here's the genre. What fits spider swords, which doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um... You know, there's definitely some contra in there from my DNA, but you know, we we brought in some more Mega Man X type stuff. There's there's special abilities. There's a dash, um, um, things like that. And so it's just fun to pick out. Okay, if we put in this this thing into a shooter, how would that feel? And would that work? And then trying it out, and then seeing you know how much did it work, and or or if it didn't feel quite right, how much do we tweak it to make it feel right? it was a really fun process and i definitely think if if people are experienced with the genre and all the different games that i mentioned that are kind of the defining the defining titles of the genre i think the different bosses you can kind of see like oh this is kind of the cuphead boss and this is kind of the hmm. this is kind of the metal slug boss this is kind of the hmm. gunstar boss so it was just fun first establishing what spider source was and then kind of playing with it a little bit and being like okay here we're going to lean a little bit more like this and here we're going to lean a a little more like this Mm. and uh just hopefully provide something uh really cool for fans of the genre or if people aren't in the genre you know here's kind of what the genre is and i hope it's a good ambassador for like if if you've never played a run and gun here's here's what they're like and now that you've played Spider series maybe you'll explore them more because you know it's not the it's not the the most popular genre these days. <laughs> and uh, yeah. y- you know, I don't want a genre to go away, so uh, everyone should should get into do it again. Of yeah. course,
1: I think Th- we can all agree with that. Um, so, kind of on that note, w- would you say that it's? maybe freeing to work on an original title like spider source? Like, was there anything that you felt like you couldn't do when you were working on Contra four or any of the other licensed games that you could do now that you were making your, your own original title?
2: Um, I don't, I don't know that it was necessarily a thing I was conscious of. Like, Oh, I I could never do this sort of thinking before, but now I can, Mm -hmm. but, um, it was more it was more uh proving that i could if that makes sense oh, sure. cuz i do i do you know i i usually do work on stuff that's an existing thing even going back to atlas like i was localizing games that were made in japan and so <clears throat> something i think i i was good at is adapting like making sure i'm representing an original property or license or whatever but then could i make something that didn't have an existing license like could i help establish a thing so You know, hearing, like you said earlier, like you really like the story or the characters or the the enemy designs, like that's great because that's like, that's a new thing. (laughs) So maybe I did okay. So that, you know, that's, it was sort of a, it's not conscious, but then looking back, you're like, oh man, that, I I couldn't use that part of my brain and uh, I still made a game. So good for me. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, Tom.
1: You made it. And you're on the Inexpress Nintendo podcast, too. So you really
0: made it now. I made it. Tom, Tom, Tom looking in the mirror just giving himself finger guns like, you did it. <laughs> finger guitars. Oh, finger guitars. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yes. I yeah. take it back. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> Very good.
1: Well, I suppose continuing a little bit on that note of the push between old and new, one thing that I think both Cameron and I noted as we were playing through the game is that Spider-Swords is very much a traditional running gun in terms of just the moment-to-moment gameplay. You run from left to right, you shoot a bunch of monsters, rinse-repeat. Of course, there's all the wrinkles that you threw in there, the new abilities and upgrades and all that kind of stuff. But at its core, it's very reminiscent of a lot of the classic titles that you were talking about. But at the same time, there, there were certain other companies out there that have a history with uh, the run-and-gun genre. Um, starts with K, ends in I, that have kind of messed, uh, messed with the formula. I'm thinking of a certain title called Contra Rocor a little bit ago that was uh, not exactly a traditional run-and-gun, right? So <laughs> there are different directions going around. Maybe,
2: maybe your sense. gun could stop working yes and then, yeah, you know.
1: mm-hmm. maybe you could have a monster <laughs> panda running around and just ruining everything maybe you could create one of the worst games of the past decade but anyway i'm tom
3: we should we should really tell you that back when campbell was working over at nintendo everything he <laughs> loved contra rogue corp he gave it such a <laughs> rave review <laughs> and it totally does not give him Vietnam flashbacks every single time he talks I'm, about I'm,
1: it. No, I'm literally having flashbacks, right? Just to this guy just saying, you really had to do it to him. You know you had to do it to him every <laughs> single time you're doing a special move. It's the worst game i play ever reviewed. But anyway, all this is to say that there are a bunch of different directions going on with the run-and-gun genre right now. So against that backdrop, where would you see the future of the run-and-gun genre going from here on?
2: um well, it was a really interesting time if you if you look at the original release date on apple arcade uh mm-hmm. spider sores and uh rogue core and uh blazing chrome weren't that far off from each other oh man it's oh blazing kind of a chrome, little... blazing
0: chrome oh. Is amazing forgot <laughs> about blazing chrome
2: wow um sorry <laughs> but but uh but i think uh like i was kind of saying i think i think there's a lot of uh I think there's lots of room for, for the genre to, to to expand without changing what it is, or mm-hmm. changing the mechanics, mm-hmm. um, where y- you can keep the running and gunning. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to don't want to say, say anything rude, um, but yeah, I think I think the the exciting thing is okay. Here's here keep the retro fundamentals of like running, jumping, shooting. Um, something I wanted to do with Spider Source was, was kind of come up with some new gun types. Because I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of we get stuck with the same core guns a lot right. in the genre, mm-hmm. right. um, and uh, I mean Cuphead did some cool stuff too. I want to give credit where it's due. Um, not like I'm the only one that thinks of new guns, but like that was a that was a goal. It's like <laughs> vic- one reason that Victoria and Adrian have different guns is I wanted to challenge myself to come up with some, mm-hmm. some new types of gun, um, and so there's lots of room there for creativity. And then. You know now there's so much technology. Um, just using that to sort of, sort of new new ideas or new spectacle. It's a it's a it's a genre about spectacle. So, mm-hmm. it's it's that push and pull between retro, retro gameplay, but then modern spectacle that would impress people. And I think that's where some people get tripped up is they're like, well, it's all spectacle, so we got to abandon this gameplay. We got to do something new, and then they lose the lose the spark. That's why we all played, you know, Contra back in the day, or. Or, mm-hmm. or Metal Slug, or whatever. Yeah. So, um, it's definitely something I was aware of on Spider Swords, and so I think going forward, that's kind of where the genre has room of, of. Let's keep it simple to, simple to control and shoot, and players can just instantly pick up the gameplay. But then, how do we get in something impressive that they haven't seen before, mm-hmm. and and, not lose that spectacle aspect? Because I mean, when Contra Three came out you loaded up your Super Nintendo, you ran over, there was a car, and you shot it, and the car exploded. And you were like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, hanging, but now... From that hel- hanging from that helicopter? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, so... mm-hmm. like, there's I'm nothing not, like I'm, it, yeah. Right. I'm jumping from missile to missile. Yeah. But, you know, now, you know, Bayonetta does that all the time. So, how... <laughs> <laughs> Just to name another apparently niche product. But, uh... <laughs> apparently. <laughs> but, like... But there's ways to do that in... You know, in two D gameplay, but with you know three D technology or or you know hand drawn animation or whatever. So I think I think there's a lot of room there for people to uh, to experiment. And then oh, I had another point that's gone. It left my brain.
0: Uh, oh no. <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's well. No, it's listen. We yeah. listen again. It's like 100 plus degrees where we are. I think it's I think it's okay to have a little bit of a, a fair, brain, brain right. fried. Yeah, uh, a I love. I, to stroke. Yeah, sense. you know, classic. Uh, I love what you said about... Like, it's, I've never thought of that as the, the run-and-gun shooter is like like the marriage of, of gameplay and spectacle. I've, I've, like, hearing that together is like, yeah, that makes perfect sense, because... What I think about, I think about Metal Slug all the time. Uh, but uh, <laughs> just like, well, no, because like you know, when when you're when you're battling one of those giant helicopters in Metal Slug, or like I'm thinking specifically of, I think it's Metal Slug three, where you're in the in the Egyptian uh, pyramid and all that stuff, like. Like yeah, spectacle gameplay together. Like what a what a great uh, uh, summation of the run and grun, uh, run and grun, run and gun run uh, and gun genre. And I think I think Spider has a little bit of that too. Like like there's many many uh, many boss fights or boss fights where you're where you're started one location and you're ending up in a completely different location. Like you're moving through space and it's like yeah, the, the spectacle is is absolutely there. I think that's that's a great point. I, I I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. What a what a what an interesting point.
2: Thanks. I, I remembered my other thing. The, the the trick is, back in the day on 16-bit, the spectacle itself was improved. Like, how did they code that? Like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the Genesis can't do this. But it is. I'm watching, I'm playing it. Yeah. And now, that's less of a thing. Like, one, yeah. Unreal and, and Unity just can do a bunch of amazing mm-hmm. stuff out of the box. That you just go, oh, I want to do this thing, and my artist is going to make it look cool, and there it is. Um, so, it's harder to... You, you can't show off as easy, right? <laughs> yeah. But then... But then... Um, then again, you also have 3D games like Bayonetta that are like, hey, we're fighting this boss and we're flipping around and all this crazy stuff. But um, I think the strength of a, of a running gun is a 3D game, to varying degrees, when it's doing something crazy, you're losing some, some method of control. Some games you, you might just be watching it. Other games, it's like, oh, well, you can still move, but you can't shoot. Or... Or, you know, the character's going to shoot for you or whatever. Whereas in a running gun, what I think would be a good place to go is there's crazy stuff happening and you're in control the whole time. It's like, you're, you are you are never not playing this game, but look at the crazy thing that you're doing. So, you know, I think that would be a good a good place for the genre to go.
1: <laughs> mm, absolutely. And that really gets to just being able to play through the spectacle basically right yeah i mean i i I gotta say i i kind of felt that a few times throughout spider stores as well like even at the start of the like the second mission is you're like writing this uh was it like a grasshopper style dinosaur <laughs> thing and it's like, a, like, it's like
0: a it's like a grasshopper velociraptor yeah, kind of situation go, yeah. uh,
1: grasshopper raptor perhaps something like that um but there's so many crazy scenarios in that and it's like you but you're not just sitting back and watching it you're playing through it you're having some form of agency throughout it and, yep. and you're right that's not something that you can really reflect in a lot of other gameplay styles so yeah you know. yeah beautiful beautiful explanation of what makes a running gun genre just so delightful so thank you Tom. (laughs) (laughs) so then going going off of that a bit further so to me at least the running gun genre has to be one of the most like quintessential types of arcadey games where you pick it up and play Mm -hmm. you try to go for a high score that kind of classic gameplay loop. And lately we've seen a resurgence of a lot of our ar- uh, arcade style games. You know, most prominently, I think the beat up genre is really having a renaissance with, you know, streets of rage four recently TMN and T D Shredder's revenge. There's a re-release of Scott Pilgrim a little bit ago too. Like there's really making waves. Do you think that uh, the running gun genre could similarly be poised to have a sort of renaissance mm-hmm. like that?
2: Uh, I, th- I mean, I think it would be great. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I mean, you, you, you basically summed it up. I think I think indie games as a whole let let that let the classic arcade genres come out, whether it's it's to do like a loving homage, like Blazing Chrome, or to be like, well here I've I've taken the basics and I'm I'm doing something new with it. Um which hasn't really happened with a running gun, but you know, many other <clears throat> many other genres have done that with the indie space. Um So yeah, I think, you know, if if it just takes that one like uh hit that people get into or maybe they hadn't considered running guns before but there was something interesting about maybe spider source or whatever. But then they're like, oh, this gets my mind going. I'm gonna like you know, I'm gonna make my own game or or I'm gonna tell my friend to play it and he's making a game, something. Um and then they just kinda take off and, and the indie space kind of explores the genre, which I think is very interesting. Um so yeah, let's uh let's put down the Metroidvania just for a minute. And think about running guns. <laughs> <Gotcha>.
1: <laughs> but on the Metroidvania, the roguelike, and everybody just... <laughs> yeah, these are guns.
2: this is a this is a spicy opinion, and I like it. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let someone make a run and gun roguelike. That seems like a great a great entry point, and then we can. Oh, then we can, That
3: would be a great idea. Wait, that's a well, we've got Enter the dungeon, I guess. Yeah, Enter the Gungeon. Yeah, that's true,
1: that's, that's down, like though. a yeah top down. That's, that's like yeah. walk fair and enough. like walking gun, maybe. You're not really running in <laughs> enter the gungeon. You said, a... in, you said
0: walking. You said walking gun, and yes. uh, that made me think of Christopher Walken. That's all. Uh, <laughs> nice. You, nice. Walk, you got the gun. You got to shoot. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but that's neither here nor there. Sorry, I didn't mean to. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs>
2: just kind of deflated it anyway. Walkin' Walkin' Simulator. That's great. walk in. Thank you. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: Not just a walking simulator. A walking simulator.
0: Campbell. You've gotta talk about spiderosaurs. we've got Tom here he's from way, f- way forward, and
3: I... keep
0: going that's no, terrible. It got worse as it went on. <laughs> no, um I'm so just sorry do the rest uh, of the podcast and I refuse no <laughs>
1: <laughs> so sorry anyway. no worries righty. Well, well, Tom, you know, you've worked on quite a number of established properties in your career, again, as we've established, you know, there's some of your latest writing credits, you know, there's there's Bloodstained, there's, way forward, there's Vitamin Connection, there's all those different license games that you've worked on, and of course, Spider Source recently. At the same time, WayForward has quite a track record of tackling classic IPs, reviving classic genres and games, you know, doing crazy new takes on them, River City Girls, things like that. So, would you say that you... Ha- do you have any desire to work on a classic franchise again?
2: And if so, oh, yeah. are there any I in mean, mind? I mean, uh, Nintendo, if you're listening, sign up. Sign me up for a Gritty Ice Climbers reboot. <laughs> 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 a running down Ice
0: Climbers reboot? I maybe. would...
3: That would be incredible. Wow. Tom, really what's your position idea. on the seal clubbing issue? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my god. That's that's the whole thing. I was just I just want like the dramatic scene where Popo's like, Nana, you have to eat the last eggplant and she's like, No, you'll die too and he's like, No, you have to
0: <laughs> Such pathos. Wow. It can it can, can happen. It. Nintendo, call me up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a, a, a long-running joke on our podcast. Campbell actually is embedded um, at Nintendo of America I'm, right now. I
1: am currently tucked away in a box underneath Doug Bowser's desk. Uh, he's, <laughs> I'm listening to his every word right now. I'll whisper in his ear that he should hire you to do uh, an Ice Climbers, Ice Climbers reboot. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just put, put, a, put,
0: put a post-it on his desk or something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Emory did Ice Climbers reboot. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, either Incredible. running gun or like maybe with last of us style of gameplay or something survival <laughs> out in the arctic wilderness something like that
2: look i mean death stranding has climbing up a lot of ice mountains i'm just saying <laughs> i'm just saying yeah kojima can see it.
1: fellow podcaster if you're listening you know. <laughs> <laughs> very good right. tom
3: you know what i would love to see you work on castlevania except the netflix show you've already worked with powerhouse <laughs> that'd be like the complete oh, you've done all this like the grittier direction now you can go in after spider source i think that'd be perfect
0: like like a like a like bloodstained but like even more hardcore yeah i could see it it'd be, perfect. That'd be awesome i'm g- i'm gonna plug
2: uh since you you left you left the opening there mm. uh for people who have bloodstained and haven't played it yet there's a classic mode that's free dlc that is uh uh, the bloodstain characters, but with the gameplay of a classic gothic action platformer <laughs> <laughs> um, I had
3: no idea about this really
2: and uh, yes and uh, if, if you own bloodstain you already own it and uh, yes and 505 recently revealed that there will be a classic mode 2 i don 't know what that is, but it says classic mode with a two after it so that's coming soon that'll be premium DLC um, but look forward to that if you 're a fan of Bloodstained.
0: So Pl- plug over. <laughs> no, listen. We like the plugs. We like the plugs. We'll we'll give you opportunity to do all, all the plugs you want. Um, listen, we we love we love a plug here. Don't don't uh, don't get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this is another
1: opportunity for a plug. But uh, going by WayForward's track record, they have a pretty good history. Uh, playing out some excellent dlc packs for their games and now that spidersaurus has arrived on the whole new set of platforms would you say that there's any chance for wave War to revisit spidersaurus maybe put out some dlc or updates later down the
2: line i don't know um <laughs> if enough people buy it and like it, it i mean anything's possible um yeah i definitely have again i don't know what
0: a dino longlegs is but Maybe. <laughs> I would love to see one in a video game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, That's all I'm do saying. Do it for
1: the dino long legs. Um, yeah. All right, and Express listeners, you heard him. i by the <laughs> game right now. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, we've gone through all the questions I've written down, so the last thing that I want to ask is just, you know, Spirosaurus is out in the wild. What can you tell us about what's next for you, Tom?
2: Um, I, of course, can't. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote this thinking,
1: like, you yes. pro- probably can't, but it's always worth um, a
2: shot. <clears throat> I mean, I, mean, I kind of plugged it, but, um, you know, Bloodstained DLC is ongoing, so there's a couple stretch goals left. Those are coming soon. Uh, 505 has all the details on their Bloodstained site, so check it out. But uh, one of those things is something called Classic Mode 2, so mm-hmm. I don't have any details on it, but... Mm-hmm. It says classic mode and there's a two after it,
0: so must be good. Awesome, um, I love it. Um, and sometimes at the end of the show, uh, we we like to do like a little a little indie shout out. Like obviously we're shouting out Spider Sora's because it rules and it's on the Switch and we love that. Uh, is there anything that you've been playing that you want to shout out? Um, any anything uh, indie related or have you even had the time to play anything? Um. I've been playing
2: some stuff. Uh, I mean, Elden Ring took up most of my year, but after that, I had some yep. time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just finished Hollow Knight, which I guess is an indie game. Oh, uh, which I, I guess, had, I don't know. Had, yeah, maybe. had not played for many years. Um, so that's a good game if, if you haven't played it yet, somehow. I thought I was the last <laughs> one, but just in case. Um, and then I just started Immortality by Sam Barlow. Oh, I, I, ju- <laughs> to, I actually uh,
0: just I just reviewed that for, for Goomba Stomp.
2: Um, would be very curious to hear your thoughts. I've—I mean, I just started it. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm in that phase where I figured out what the HUD means. There you and, go. And uh, I'm not quite sure where the game is going. I've got one little twist so far. Nice. Um, but I, I worked with Sam on Shattered Memories, so oh know, yeah, I, I try to play all his games, and it's interesting to see where his his little ideas I was a part of have kind of led led him. So that's fun to see. And then, um, otherwise, I guess I'll shout out uh, the Cowabunga Collection. Because, oh so, hell yeah! Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of turtles. We've been talking about cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I worked on a turtles game years ago, but um, just seeing all the the game design documents that they included from the Japanese games, it's crazy. Like there's like 50 pages per game of game design documents, and that's just fun to look through and see. And um, there's stuff in there by Nakazato who worked on Con- Contra Three. And uh, contra hardcore and shattered soldier and all those so just seeing like his early career is cool too. So uh, that's a great if you're into game design at all and you didn't know that pick up Cowbunger collection because it's great.
0: Well, that's, that's gotta be. I love that kind of stuff. Like I wish more games. Like I, I'm obviously I get that like a lot of that stuff is proprietary and it's you can't exactly just give it out to the world. But I think it's awesome when they when they make the decision to include those kinds of things. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and, I mean it's,
2: Nintendo it's, trucks yeah. some of their. They'll do a GDC or something and they're like, Hey look, here's an original Zelda design. Bye. It was like, No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. What?
0: So <laughs> exactly. yeah, it's it's all it's all so great. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Um well gentlemen, any other questions for for Tom Hewlett, who has been very generous with this time, um before we before we wrap, wrap it for the evening.
3: Tom, I always have to ask, any plans for a physical release?
0: Oh yeah, Limited
2: Run announced uh that it would be coming in the future. So Oh, nice. Um you know, love it I've, I've put together some thoughts for some pack-ins and uh, we'll see what happens but yeah it's coming at some point
0: love that I, I love the it, it is coming just hang tight <laughs> um, that's very funny uh, I just picked up uh, not just I mean I pre-ordered it over a year ago but uh, I got my copy of Demon Throttle uh, recently which was very uh, very delightful obviously not limited run games special reserve games but still a fun, a fun physical copy of a game um I guess we can call it there. Campbell, anything else for Tom before we, before we let him leave?
1: Nothing that I can think of.
0: Incredible. Um, awesome. Great. Well, Tom, we're going to do our little sign-off here. Um, obviously, I'll, I'll throw it to you, um, and you can plug anything you want to plug, but I'll, uh, I'll start it off here. Uh, I've been your host, Cameron Daxson. You can find some of my writing over on Goomastomp.com, notably a review of Immortality, a game we were just talking about 30 seconds ago. Uh, I'm over on Twitter, at ActionDaxson. Mark, where can people find you on the internet?
3: Find me at the Markel, but of course Mark with a C, Cal with a K. You can find me over on Twitter and Instagram. Over on the website, figuringpastop.com we have a ton of coverage on Xenoblade Chronicles 3. There's a lot to check out. You can also check out my work on uh, Kirby Dream Buffet. And over on our sister site Tilt Magazine, you can find my reviews for She-Hulk every single week, which I'd rather call it by the other character, The Abomination, but that's just my opinion.
0: Ooh, oh, man nicely done uh, and Campbell what about yourself
1: you can find me on Twitter at CampbellSkill uppercase CSG and if you want to check out my games writing you can find all of it over at Goombastomp.com uh, I've got a written review of Live Alive up in Indie game Spotlight we've put just put up another Indie game Spotlight for this past weekend so stay tuned for more wonderful Indie Games coverage
0: I love that, uh, Tom Hewlett. Thank you once again for uh, uh, just spending your time with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, anything you'd like to? Any social media you want to shout out? Any anything uh, you want to want to call out? Feel free.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, guys. It was a, it was fun to be here. And uh, people can find me on Twitter at at Hypnocrit. It's like hypocrite, but with mind control. And uh, <laughs> play play games, everybody. <laughs>
0: Play video games, and uh, most importantly, play spider which, again, is available on Switch, uh, among other platforms, and it just absolutely rips uh, if, you, if you like this kind of uh, video game. Uh, N-Express is also on social media. We're at N-Express Nintendo. We are available to rate, review, all that good stuff, download over on the podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <coughs>